Just after 11 o'clock, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you on this beautiful Thursday morning here in the City of Champions. The show, as always, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, or check them out online, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. we got a great show coming up for you today, of course. Lots to discuss Thursday night football tonight as the week in the NFL kicks off. Brandon Douglas will be down at the Leduc location of Fort Canadian Brewers Monday or Thursday night football. Of course, the Oilers game will be on as well. You can join him for a chance to win a trip to the Super Bowl or a trip to the home opener of your choice in the 2024 season. Maybe you just want to go down and have a dangle and a bite to eat. You can join Brandon at the Leduc location for that. Uh, we will be talking NFL and NHL on the show today. Of course, we always like your questions at 1-833-401-1440. Connor at sports1440.ca and Brandon at sports1440.ca. If you'd like to shoot us an email, we've got the uh, the inboxes open. So we are paying attention. Get those emails, texts in. And if you want to give us a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley at B underscore A underscore D 1727. On the show today, Matt Larkin will join us. Senior writer with Daily Faceoff. It's it's early, you know, we're only just over a week into the NHL season, but we want to talk to Matt about what he's seen so far, uh, maybe some players who have surprised him, some have disappointed him, and what's actually going to linger. I heard you and uh, Kevin Carey's Brandon discussing Alexander Ovechkin at the end there. I saw some people on Twitter, the hot takes out, saying maybe he's not going to catch Gretzky. Maybe, maybe the decline has hit the grade eight. Maybe it, it could happen. But he could also go score a hat-trick in his next game because he's Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, but we'll talk to Matt Larkin about that later on in the show coming up well, about 20 minutes time. Of course, I mentioned the NFL getting going once again. You've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, Duval County, and the New Orleans Saints. Who day? Who dat? I think it's who dat. For the Bengals, or for, for yeah, the Bengals is who day, who day, and Saints who dat. is who dat. <laughs> who dat say going to beat them Saints? I yeah, think, I d- and then the same way for the Bengals as well. I think it goes the same way. You got Trevor Lawrence who will play in this one, according to Adam Schefter. Kind of what we thought he would do. You know, he's a gamer. He's going to gut it out. Uh, seven touchdowns on the season for he. Three interceptions uh, when it comes to the running game for the New Orleans Saints. Camara's there. They will have Jamal Williams in the lineup. So the first time that those two have got out there in matching Saints uniforms, not too sure how that's going to impact the fantasy aspect of things. Obviously, you would think less reps for each player, but that's not necessarily always a bad thing. It could be quality over quantity. So manage your lineup accordingly. Travis Etienne, uh, he had two touchdowns last week. He's starting to really pan out as the player that we thought he was when he was drafted out of Clemson. And then as far as the receivers go, Chris Olave for the Saints, uh, putting up good numbers, unfortunately, just not hitting pay dirt too much. Just one touchdown on the season. Uh, Brandon, when you look at this Thursday night or Jake Saints fantasy football perspective, who, who are you starting? Who's the must-starts for you in this one? Uh, with Trevor Lawrence, looking like he's going to give it a go. Uh, his mobility might be impacted, but uh, his arm probably won't be. Maybe strength a little bit just because of the knee injury. But I think you're going, uh, if you have Jags wide receivers, 
when you have Trevor Lawrence uh, under center, he can absolutely sling the ball. So I think your Jags wide receivers are a good bet. And then you, you can kind of also look at the flip side of it at the exact same time in that Travis Etienne probably going to get uh, maybe more touches than normal um, because of the fact that uh, Lawrence might be, you know, bang or is banged up a little bit. So going to the run game a little more regularly. Uh, we had Rod Walker from down in New Orleans on with Kevin Carey to kind of tee up the game. And we talked about the Saints real struggles in the red zone and this is an issue that has plagued Derek Carr going back to his time with the Raiders as well so whether it be uh, Olave you said he's uh, had a hard time finding pay dirt uh, Kamarian Williams now back in the lineup Williams has been a touchdown machine uh, his his career it led the league uh, from the rushing perspective last year in Detroit I'll be curious to see if they get down into red zone situations and get close enough that they do maybe opt for Jamal Williams instead of Alvin Kamara. But Kamara, I think, is always a must-start. He's a a great player uh, up and down the lineup, catching the ball, running the ball. So I'd be looking at, yeah, your Jags wide receiver, pretty much all Jags offensive players, Engram included, and then uh, maybe just Alvin Kamara. And uh, if you're willing to take a flyer, you got some bye week issues or injury problems, I wouldn't hate throwing a Jamal Williams start in there with him back in the lineup. It's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. 1-833-401-1440 is the line if you want to text into the conversation. We always appreciate that. Uh, we are going to talk some NHL coming up in the second segment, uh, but we got some questions rolling in here regarding the NFL and trades. Uh, the trade deadline will be here before you know it, and then we're going to lose this content. So we, we got to throw these ones out here. Uh, Slurpee Sean says, Good morning, fellas. Just traded Drake London and James Cook for Nico and Gibbs win question mark I mean for me it seems like you just traded a lot of inconsistency for a lot of inconsistency and you're hoping it pays off London has the upside uh, but in that system I mean I think we've been pretty critical here of him not as a player but as a fantasy player Uh, James Cook this week for the Buffalo Bills there at New England that's an okay matchup uh, but the consistency and usage just hasn't been there. The touchdown thief, Latavius Murray, looming. So getting rid of those two players, you know, at the start of the year, if you were being very optimistic, you would have said, I don't want to lose those guys. But that's a decisive move. Uh, Nico and Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs, health concern, uh, usage concern. Brandon, you have Jameer Gibbs in at least one league, and you, you've you talked about it on the show, his red zone usage not necessarily being maximized. Uh, Nico is someone I think you're familiar with. So what do you think? Uh, for me, I don't want to say it's it's a mid-off, but it's, it's kind of a mid-off. Yeah, I, it's tough to disagree with that. And Drake London's potential is huge, but until Atlanta gets somebody else playing quarterback, it's tough to believe in anybody in that offense, maybe outside of B. John Robinson, who's also kind of tailed off a little bit here after a really strong start. Um, but we've finally seen Kyle Pitts get some more usage, which uh, rewarding some of your yeah. patience and uh, and belief in that. <laughs> Once every eight weeks, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, James Cook has been a really polarizing figure in fantasy. I think a lot of people were high on him coming into this season. Like, There's no way Buffalo could run the ball worse than they did last year unless it was in Josh Allen's hands. Um, but it, it just has the, – the production still hasn't really been there. We had another truck, uh, text from Trucker Joe – asking about trading Cooks for someone like um, uh, Rashid uh, Shahid in New Orleans, who is another name to maybe watch tonight. He had a great game last week. But I'm not sold on James Cook. He's had a couple years now to get um, his foothold, and and it kind of struggled. Jameer Gibbs, on the other hand, is like a fresh, almost untouched product still. We like Until Detroit really lets him... Um, run the offense himself, at least from a running perspective. We don't really know what he's capable of. 
the only positive thing, if you're a Jameer Gibbs owner like myself, heading into this weekend at least, is that David Montgomery, uh, a non-participant again yesterday, Gibbs a limited. So it's kind of gearing more towards like Gibbs might play this weekend and Montgomery might not. Uh, I guess we'll see what today and tomorrow have to offer in terms of injury reports as well. I'm I, I'm never hoping for injuries, but I would love Gibbs to play and Montgomery to not play, and we kind of get a different look. Uh, I think we've already – didn't we see that earlier in the season as well, but they still split carries pretty heavily between <laughs> Gibbs and uh, and Reynolds. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, talk, I can talk myself in circles about uh, just about anything. But this trade, Nico Collins, very good option. I, I like the Nico and Gibbs side of the trade. So I, I say thumbs up, Slurpee, Sean. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate it. You know, it's you're hoping for upside, right? Craig Reynolds. That's why I kind of like this week, though, with Gibbs and Montgomery potentially injured. I think he might be a. If you need a running back and you're willing to risk it, he could be a sneaky play there. Uh, I just got an email coming in here, Connor at Sports fourteen forty dot ca from Trevor, and the first suggestion that for my reply is whatever you want. And he's asking a question: Should I play Trevor Lawrence or Kirk Cousins? Those are my selection or my choices. I need your help. So saying whatever you want would be a terrible reply. I have a very similar one because my quarterbacks are Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, who's on a bye this week, and I had the option to pick up Kirk Cousins. Now Kirk Cousins, great fantasy football quarterback. The only problem with him this week is that he's taken on the San Francisco 49ers in prime time. So that worries me because Kirk Cousins in prime time, historically, you, you can say he's kind of shed that label lately, but he's been very average and he's going up against a very good defense who you know has a rotation of edge rushers. I think Kirk Cousins is at his best when he has a little bit of time in the pocket and kind of sling it downfield. So without Justin Jefferson, I ruled out Kirk Cousins. I've been wrong before, so I could be wrong again, but... Uh, I'm going with Trevor Lawrence this week. I'm hoping the on the short week he's okay. He's he's going to be all right. My team is not very good in that league, but I think I'm leaning Trevor Lawrence. So Trevor, stick with your namesake and uh, go with Trevor Lawrence, unless Brandon tells you not to. This is a really tough one. The the injury to Lawrence uh, is kind of what spooks me away from from just for sure saying him because uh, the matchup for Cousins is so tough. And to continue to be without Jefferson, Jordan Addison looks like he's kind of taking some steps forward uh, last week as well, getting more involved. But yeah, the the Jags just have too many too many weapons for Lawrence just to stand there and not have to be too mobile unless he gets uh, takes some shots early or something and all of a sudden is out of the game. It, it can backfire on you that way because that Saints front can be pretty mean and um, and get after the quarterback well. But I'll uh, I'll agree and say Trevor Lawrence might be the safer play. Yeah, and I mean it's you you never know, especially just with the the injury to Trevor Lawrence. Like you, you mentioned in the beginning, there with the knee, could it affect his mobility? Could it you know affect the plant arm strength, all that sort of things? And will they heavily rely on Travis Etienne in the run game instead? Maybe I mean you, you really like the the receiving core that the Jakes have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. Uh, they will be without Zay Jones, but Evan Ingram at tight end. They've got some nice weapons there. Short week. That's that's another one. You know, had Trevor Lawrence had an extra two days to recoup, it might be more of a no brainer to go with him. But yeah, it's uh that's uh, how it goes in fantasy football. Uh, Ranch Hand says. Start Mahomes or Hurts this week? Ranch Hand, you got good problems, my friend. Uh, I, w- I wish I had that sort of thing going on here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes against the Chargers is a very good matchup. I'd almost say a five-star matchup. 
even though, you know, he he hasn't been lighting it up in a way that Tua Tungavailoa has this year, he's still going to throw for a couple touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, though, gets the Dolphins. And the Dolphins like to score points. They also are a little susceptible to giving up points. And Julio Jones is on the Philadelphia Eagles now. So you know they're going to light up the scoreboard. This is kind of a win-win situation. I might lean Jalen because historically speaking, the Chargers have done an okay job against Patrick Mahomes fantasy-wise. He wins. He beats him all the time, but he hasn't putting up hasn't been putting up massive numbers. So I think I I think you've got two really good matchups. They're both at home, but I lean to Jalen Hurts. Brandon, Hurts or Mahomes? The the immediate instinct says Mahomes because of the fact it's a AFC West rival. The Chargers defense stinks all the things that you know all too well. But I was just really quickly trying to uh, pull up the uh, last time Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions. How did he follow that game up? So the last time he threw three picks was in week 15 of 2021, if I'm reading this correctly, versus the Commanders, a 27-17 win. Um, or sorry, that was the week after. He threw three picks and he lost to the Giants 13-7. to um, and then he followed that up with a one touchdown, one interception, 296-yard passing game, um, and but rushed for two touchdowns in that game as well. So <laughs> looks like he, he I mean, the, the Hurts stats are kind of wild because he does run for so many touchdowns on basically a week-to-week basis regardless of how he's throwing the ball. Uh, but that kind of goes to show that maybe he does bounce back well after having these, uh, these tough outings like he did against that uh, – all of a sudden, uh, ability to intimidate anybody, uh, Jets defense. So it, it's, not a, it's not a runaway thing like maybe at first it uh, looks like because of how Hurts played last weekend. But Mahomes, he still doesn't have these weapons that he's used to. You know, McCole Hardman back uh, there after the trade yesterday, I'm not sure if he'll play on Sunday. Uh, you would think he's familiar enough with the offense from seasons past that he probably could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a tough one. I'll say Mahomes. I'm a Mahomes believer from from day one even if i'm not a chiefs guy he's he's the best football player to ever actually do it uh skill wise so it's tough to go against a guy like that this is like having an option between wing uh, boneless wings at the <laughs> brew house and Willock beef jerky it's both amazing options different options different options but, but both great. amazing so you're you're in a good situation one last thing just on jalen hurts you know obviously uh passing yards you think Mahomes would be shredding him in that category? It's only eight yards differential with their averaging yards per game. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes has him in touchdown, four more touchdowns, but Jalen Hurts has five touchdowns on the ground. So total touchdowns, he has more. Jalen coming off the three interception performance has more interceptions at seven. Patty Mahomes at five. So yeah, I mean they're they're just both such good quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, they both led their teams to the Super Bowl last year. Mahomes got the win. You're, you're in a good spot. Chargers will give up points. Dolphins will give up points. Could be a shootout in both of those games. We'll see. I, I think there's probably a lot of people listening, myself included, with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow that are envious of your situation. We've got one here from uh, St. Albert Kevin. Woods in the fail. And an unnamed one ending in 4410. Send us your name and we'll uh, get to those coming up later on in the show. Up next, though, we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy hockey. Some season long, some daily fantasy. Matt Larkin, senior writer with Daily Faceoff, will join us next. He'll be our fantasy wizard for the Canadian Brew House. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky.
11.20, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you as always by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out online at Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. The text line, if you want to get in the conversation, maybe ask a question to our next guest, one 401 You can also send some via the old email. We already got one in from Trevor, Connor at sports1440.ca, as well as Brandon at sports1440.ca. Right now, we'll get to our fantasy wizard of the day, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win an awesome game day prize or multiple prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brandon's going to be down at the Leduc location tonight with the Jags taking on the New Orleans Saints. Also, the Edmonton Oilers in action at 5.30, taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. So if you want to go down, watch a couple of great games with Brandon out in Leduc, you can do so. He might even buy you a beer, a dangle, whatever your poison is. And uh, also, this Saturday at the CBH, it is the 40-ounce steak night. Uh, tickets flying. So if you want to make sure uh, you get it, this in advance, you can head over to the CanadianBrewHouse.com for all the tickets and details. Uh, Patty's going to be dropping a couple off of those for us tomorrow. I'm not eating till then. I'm just going to make sure I'm very hungry when those roll in and see how much I can put down. Uh, it's going to be very cool. I, I don't know if you have to request what type you want, Brandon. Uh, you said you're a medium guy? Medium rare guy. Medium rare? Steak, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the message out there. Uh, we'll have all the fixings coming in as well. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Uh, but right now, let's uh, let's talk a little fantasy hockey. From a daily face-off, we are now... Oh, on my computer, just quickly froze up here. We're joined by Matt Larkin. Matt Larkin, a senior writer with Daily Faceoff. Matt, good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm good, guys. You're making me hungry talking about those steaks. Oh, I mean, hey, next time uh, you're in town, we'll head out to the CBH. We'll see if we can get a special order 40-ounce steak. Uh, have you ever had a, a steak of that size? I haven't because I, I think I'm too slow of an eater. So I think if I ordered that big, it would get cold by the time I get to that center. That, yeah, that that's going to be an issue. Like we're going to have a couple guys working on it tomorrow, but we had a few people that said they put it down uh, by the end of it. They're cutting it into very small bites just to yeah ease it, you know, ease with the digestion. But it's going to be something. Uh, Matt, I want to just ask you about the, the start to the season so far. And you can answer this as a, a season-long fantasy or even daily fantasy, but you know, when the season starts, there's always some guys that start off really hot and, you know, it, it's tough for them to keep that going throughout the entirety of the year. So I want to ask you if there's been anyone who surprised you to start this season and if you think they can keep this going throughout the entirety of the NHL season. Sure. Yeah. I think I'm looking over to our nation's capital and the Ottawa Senators and it's Jake Sanderson that's really jumping off the page to me. Uh, obviously, we know first-round pick, top-five pick, great pedigree, signs a big contract, paying him more than $8 million. But that's all related to his real-life value. We know he has that all-around skill set that can make him a great defenseman, a shutdown defenseman for, for years to come. But in terms of his offensive profile, I wasn't quite sure how high the ceiling was going to be. But now, we're, I think he's at 81 career games now. And that point total is creeping up close to 40. He's already better than a point per game to start this season. He's already leapfrogged Thomas Shabbat. He's on that top power play unit. And the Senators kind of look like a fantasy hockey carnival right now. I think you want as many pieces of, of that group as you can get because there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games. And Sanderson is getting a huge opportunity. To me, he's someone who might be here to stay as a big-time commodity in fantasy. 
Now, in town here, uh, to the start of the season for the Edmonton Oilers, it, it wasn't great. Uh, McDavid and Drysaddle were doing good things, but maybe not to the level that are expected. And that might be unfair, but that's kind of the way it goes when you've been as uh, productive as those two have been over the last couple of years here. But on Tuesday against Nashville, Zach Hyman coming through with four points. Uh, when you look at Hyman playing on a second line with Fogel and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, we know he gets some power play time as well. But what do you think the long-term forecast for Zach Hyman is? Well, Hyman, of course, had the best season of his career last year, but he even did regress in the second half. He was, I think he was close to a 100-point pace, if I remember correctly, uh, in the first half of the season. But we have to remember, it's not like Zach Hyman's 23 years old. He should be theoretically aging out of his prime, where he is right now at this juncture of his career. So I think we can trust him to still be, you know, 60-point player, give or take, maybe 65. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about his shifting line deployments. You know, when we see temporarily Leon Dreisaitl going up to the top line, the nuclear option, I think before long it'll get readjusted. You'll have Dreisaitl on his own line, which is more common than when they have him up with McDavid. And I think for most of the season, Zach Hyman will play with one of the big guys. So I think if we're looking at just the full season forecast, I'm not worried about the early deployment. That said, I don't think we're going to see a career year out of Zach Hyman. I think we've gotten that already, and it was last season. I'm Matt Larkin joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. You can give him a follow on Twitter at MLarkinHockey or X, whatever you call it, a senior writer with Daily Faceoff. We've got some questions coming in here for you. A 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. This one comes in from Eric. He says, good morning. Uh, do you think Mangiapane or Jarvis would be a good replacement for Nikushkin, or should I just hold on to him? Ooh, good question. Well, the problem with Valerie Natushkin is that he just tends to get hurt a lot. To me, he's a bit more valuable in real life than in the fantasy game. Just he doesn't play enough. He's just constantly dinged up. I'm very high. I think I'm higher than most on Seth Jarvis. I think last year, statistically, he was the unluckiest player in the NHL. His shooting percentage was unbelievably low. All his play-driving metrics improved across the board. So he is someone that was one of my number one breakout picks for this season. I'm, I'm just all in on a Seth Jarvis breakout. I think he's going to be maybe a 25-goal, 55-point guy. So I lean toward him. Manjapani, good player, but I just think Nets, or not Nets, uh, Seth Jarvis has more upside left, just given his age, than Manjapani. So I lean toward Jarvis. I think you and I both, uh, Matt, are the uh, probably on the high side of optimism for Seth Jarvis because I, too, have uh, been a big fan of his going back to last season. Matt Larkin from Daily Faceoff, uh, as well as the Puck Pooley's podcast uh, that he does with Stephen Ellis, joining us on Fantasy Frenzy. Matt, we had uh, a little bit of conversation on this morning show with Kevin Carius and some texters interested about the Alex Ovechkin dynamic. And yes, it is only a few games into the season, but back-to-back without shots on goal, he's chasing down Gretzky's record and everybody seems to think he's within his sights. But is like age finally catching up to Ovechkin or is it more a circumstance of his surroundings uh, down there with this in-limbo Capitals team? Yeah, I think it's both. And I think the fact that it's both is not a great harbinger for this goal chase. And it's funny, going into the season, you know, he still had more than 40 last year and he's 75 goals behind Wayne Gretzky, I believe. And we were, or 70, 73, I think. 73 to break the record, I think is the number, right? So we were thinking, okay, well, he, we, he can probably get that within the next two seasons, right? He might score 40 this year. He could easily get 33 next year. But all of a sudden, just seeing the way things have started, like you said, the team around him is kind of crumbling. So there's going to be the quality of players feeding him the puck is declining. And then the thing about Ovechkin is at his age, like we can never rule out a sudden decline age-related. He's getting close to 40 years old. And yes, he has defied the laws of time, like a, I don't, almost like no player in NHL history in terms of still performing at a peak level. 
But scientifically, it has to stop at some point. His game has to finally decline at some point. Even Tom Brady's last year finally declined in his mid-40s. So I do think it's fair to worry. It doesn't mean Ovechkin is going to disappear off the face of the earth. But what if this is maybe a 30-goal season? Maybe, you know, A couple of years ago, he was still getting 50. Last year, it was in the 40s. Maybe it's in the 30s. And all of a sudden, if that's the case, then you have to start wondering, okay, is there any chance he runs out of runway in the, the chase for Gretzky? I'm less confident than I was even just a couple weeks ago that he can catch Wayne. Yeah, cause uh, cause for concern for sure. Busy day in the NHL uh, with games uh, all across the country, both countries, I should say. But one uh, in the later slate, Leo Carlson, looking like he's going to make his debut with the Anaheim Ducks, the former number two overall pick from this past summer. Do you think Carlson has, A, any fantasy upside playing on that uh, pretty poor Ducks team? And, uh, B, do you think he'll actually stick with the big squad all season, or is he maybe just going to kind of play stopgap here while Alex Kalorn's uh, out of the lineup for that top nine? Yeah, great question. So if we're talking dynasty keeper leagues, of course, Leo Carlson has major upside. I think he's a prospect, just like Adam Fantilli. That draft class was so loaded. I think both of those guys would have been the first overall pick the year before. That's how good Leo Carlson is. I think he can be a pretty dominant all-around player. In terms of this year, I think there's potential in a redraft league because from what I understand, he's going to start on the wing. Uh, at least that's what I've heard. He's going to be playing with Trevor Zegras. And that means a little bit less pressure to drive a play all by himself, quality line mates as well. So I think it wouldn't be a massive surprise if Leo Carlson's fantasy relevant this season. And if I'm making the bet, can he stick? Will he not stick? I think he will because he has experience playing against men already. He's not coming from major junior, played in Europe, played in the world championship as well with NHL players. So I think just given his size as well, uh, he's going to stick if I have to make that bet right now. Matt Larkin of Daily Faceoff joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Give him a follow on Twitter or XM Larkin Hockey. And Matt, this one comes in on our text line. No name here. Just says, boys, not trusting my goaltending. Anybody on the waiver wire I could take a look at. So I guess that's kind of a way of asking anyone under the radar that you can look at in terms of goalies. Yeah, so it's hard to know who's available, of course, without that context. But in terms of some goalies that are suddenly getting opportunities, you have to look at Piotr Kachekov in Carolina because Freddie Anderson took that puck off the mask, I believe. It was a puck in the mask he got. And we all knew it was a matter of time before Kachekov got his next shot because he's playing behind two injury-prone guys in, in Freddie Anderson and Taranta. So he's been called up, and he's someone that, as long as he's playing, he has the ability to, to deliver top 15 value at the position because he's playing with such a strong defensive team in front of him as well. Such a good team, great opportunity for wins, especially if you're in a league where you can stream your starters. Kachekov is a must-pickup. The other guy I'm looking at that probably is available in almost every league, Lucas Dostal, the Anaheim Ducks. So especially if your league rewards uh, shots on goal or shots faced, because obviously the Ducks are not a good defensive team, he could have value. I think he outplayed John Gibson last year. He made the team out of camp, surprisingly, even though Anaheim brought in Alex Stalock, so that was a really good sign, and I think he is Anaheim's goalie of the future. So he's getting a good opportunity right now, and the Ducks have some back-to-backs early in their schedule, so you know you'll get uh, some exposure, if you will, to Dostal. That is uh, music to the ears of our producer, Brandon, who is a big Ducks fan. And for Oilers fans who remember a game last year, I want to say it was around December, January, uh, Dostal broke their hearts so uh that's an interesting one hey matt really appreciate you doing this today thank you for hopping on and hopefully we can get you on again down the road 
My pleasure. Enjoy those steaks. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, that is uh, that's a big one. Those steaks coming tomorrow. We'll we'll be sharing those all, all over social media and uh, letting everyone see those. Uh, Walter asking how big. I ate a thirty-seven ounce ribeye steak once. The pumpkin pie for dessert was the perfect finisher. Yeah, this is forty ounces, so probably comparable when you factor in that uh, that pumpkin pie that was our uh, fantasy wizard brought to you by the canadian brew house if you want to check out their 40 ounce steak night head over to the canadian you can also join brando out at the leduc location for thursday night football qualifying one two three lucky people for a chance to go to the super bowl in las vegas and if you know hey you don't live in leduc or in that region you want to go to your local neighborhood brew house they'll qualify two people as well, uh, we'll take a break here because we have an alarm going off. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back in a couple minutes here uh, to take more of your questions. The text line, one 401 1440 It's Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Had to let Nikki say pound the alarm. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Coming to you live from the Stingray Studios in West Edmonton Mall brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. You can check them out here at West Edmonton Mall. Also, Leduc, Spruce Grover online. At WilhawkBeefJerky.com, we are back. The alarm has stopped, but the flashing light is still going. So we're going to tune that one out. Kind of looks like a rave if you turn all the lights off. It'd be the like the world's worst rave because it's one light and it's blinking every four seconds. But uh, we continue on. one 401 is the text line. If you want to get in on the chat, you can throw some questions our way. Delta Valley Jeff says, LOL, well done working through the alarm, boys. Straight up elite level focus. Hope everything's all right. Thank you. I think it was uh, Declan heating up a cheese pita and uh, starting the fire alarm. So he's got to learn from that. Declan started the fire. Fire guy. <laughs> fire guy. <laughs> Glad that uh, reference didn't fall on deaf ears. Okay. Uh, Cat Dad says, those takes were so hot it set off the fire alarm. Yeah, that's... Uh, Something we're not necessarily always used to, but hey, we'll make we'll make do. Well, we got a text coming in here from Jason. He says, is that a fire alarm going off? Yes, it was. And then sent us a picture of some nice tennis courts or pickleball. Is that pickleball? That looks fantastic wherever it is. I don't know the what kind of court that is, but it looks really nice out. Is that outside now it's it's still dark when i get to work so i haven't i haven't seen the light of day since six o'clock yesterday well yeah i mean you're gonna enjoy it when you get out there and i recommend you do enjoy it because today's i think is going to be one of the the final last days before the cold front comes in don't quote me i'm not a not a weather guy but i I think that it is uh, going to be one of the nice beautiful days so get out there enjoy our fine city while you can St. Albert Kevin says, will you guys start up another NFL Survivor Bowl or Fantasy Football League going forward? Yeah, maybe next year, but probably not this year. I have, the Fantasy Survivor Pool is still going on. There's, I think, like 20-something people left in it. Uh, Paul Amita's in it. He tweeted about it yesterday, and I saw some people's picks going forward. But no, uh, that that one came, and we thought it was free, and then there was like a surprise pay. So unless you guys give me... a so we set up a GoFundMe for me, then we're, we're probably not going to do another Survivor Pool till next year, where we'll have a little more preparation, uh, do a charitable, charitable aspect from it, and raise some money for a local charity in town. But yeah, next year for sure. We might do a Fantasy Football League, but we talked about that. You know, then you can only do 10 to 12 teams. If we did one with all of our listeners, I mean, that'd be a deep, deep league. So we'll probably avoid that one. Dino texting in. Jakes or Saints defense leaning Saints because of the Lawrence injury. 
but I'm stuck with having to start Kirk. Kirk Cousins, perhaps? Uh, or oh, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. Uh, I think I think that's probably not the worst idea. I mean, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to feel his knee when he plays tonight, if you know what I'm saying. So I, I don't know if I'd bank it entirely on that. you got to trust the Saints' defense. If you have the Jags' defense, uh, Derek Carr, <laughs> if you get pressure on him, he throws up some doozies. So there might be some interception opportunities. What do you think, Brandon? And, and once again, looping back to what we were talking about in the first break, the, the Saints, I hate to use the word incompetence, but uh, lack of fortitude maybe is, is a better way to put it, inside the red zone and actually completing drives to 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 touchdown status, a, a big field goal team, and, and even groupie. Uh, we've seen him have a, a little bit of a roller coaster of a season so far on that front too. So I, I think I like the Jags D uh, over the Saints uh, just in this matchup in particular. We, the Saints D is good. Like this is not a knock on them, but the Jags have a ton of weapons. Um, the Saints are at home, which is a big benefit to them. But I, I think just when you're comparing the Jags offense to the Saints offense, I, I think you got to take the the lesser of your evils here and, and opt for the Jaguars defense um, as a start in your fantasy lineup. Ranch Hand earlier texted in about Mahomes or Hurts. He said he sewered himself in the draft just to piss off a buddy. Uh, so I wonder if, you know, maybe someone needed a quarterback and he just swooped in and was like, I'm going to take a second quarterback. I like Like uh, you're the last pick in the first round and you <laughs> just take your snake and just go 2QB yeah. in, a, in a non-super flex league. I mean, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that is that. Yeah, I think he, uh, Ranchan, put it well. Sewering yourself, uh, certainly. You're not setting your oh, good way up for success. I mean, the alternative is that, like, if you, as long as you can get through the start of the season and whoever else ends up with a bad quarterback, mm-hmm. um, maybe they pony up a great trade offer to acquire one of Jalen Hurts or Patrick Holmes. I sometimes take that approach into fantasy leagues where if, uh, and we've talked about this in the past before, like maybe leagues that overvalue goalies and some of your fellow competitors aren't as keen on that as you are maybe they didn't do the research beforehand into the the league setup before drafting and you can grab like way more goalies than you need early and then you can just kind of piece them out throughout the season leaving yourself with still enough to you know have two or three really good starters but then trading away uh the other two or or one or two for some help at forward or defense so that's a that's a decent method it's not always gonna uh get you a huge amount of success especially in the nfl where there are 32 starting quarterbacks and only usually you know at most 14 teams in a in a fantasy league so there's still going to be a lot of other options out there but you never know yeah. Someone gets desperate enough. It's a level of pettiness I aspire to. I mean, I think that's hilarious that you would do it. I, in the past, you know, will have my, like, say, my six or seven whatever starters set, and I really like them, and I think these are the guys I'm going to use when the, when I need to win. But depth-wise, there's still a really good quarterback available, and then I'll just go grab him just so other people can't. And then, you know, you never know when things can go wrong. Like, I had Joe Burrow and took Trevor Lawrence just because I didn't want anyone else to have him, and I thought at some point I'm going to need him. You know, Joe Burrow might struggle. That's kind of been the case. He's got to buy this week. So eventually you're going to need him. Uh, I like the, the strategy there. It's Fantasy Frenzy. Hallie and Douglas, one 401 1440 is the number if you want to shoot us a text. This one comes from Wood in the Veil. Also, Corey from Innisfail. Pick three of these four full PPR wide receiver. Flowers, Dobbs, Olave, London. Corey, I am going to say Dobbs, Olave, and Flowers, PPR, because I think those guys can get some reps. And I just, Drake London, he, he might he might go off, but he 
more likely won't. He'll, he'll they'll try to find him, but it won't work out for him, and he'll finish with four targets, two receptions for thirty-three yards. I'm just low on Drake London. What do you think, Brandon? I, I'm low on the Falcons' offense. Uh, like I said, we we've already uh, bagged on Desmond Ritter enough uh, in this show today, so I won't loop back to that. But once again, as long as he's a, a quarterback, like the the Falcons are a quarterback away from being a runaway favorite in that division I think because they are good at every other position every team in that division has flaws the Panthers are nothing but flaws um, but the the Saints the Bucks, and the Falcons all have a claim the winner of that division might be a game above 500 um, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just agree with you and say sit London uh, until the Falcons trade for Kirk Cousins or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Flowers, especially full PPR. Like 100%. You can tell Lamar trusts him, and that's that's going to be big for them. Uh, Lance, appreciate you listening. He just says, just enjoying the show. Hey, that's that's what we like to hear. Uh, see how your Raiders do this weekend, and hopefully the Oilers get you that dub tonight. Uh, Walt says... <laughs> you see Ranchan's latest. Yeah. Uh, Walt says, you guys got cooking any parlays for Sunday? Oh, it's too early for that. Oh, Walt, I'm always... <laughs> okay, I'm never always, mind. It's not too early for that. Well, no, it, it is and it isn't. So to answer your question, um, I'm always cooking. I'm always in the lab uh, drumming up my next big winner. Uh, but it, we do still have Thursday Night Football in front of us, so I will um, definitely have something in the works. Tell you what, Walt... Um, Give me a follow on Twitter, B underscore A underscore D 1727. Uh, I'm going to send out a tweet here this afternoon, letting everybody know that I'm headed to the brew house, a reminder that I'm going to Leduc to watch the game tonight. And maybe I will tack on um, a little same game parlay I drum up for it. And uh, just as a word of caution, I am notorious for going six of seven legs, seven (laughs) of eight, even as far as 12 of 13 legs on some ludicrous same game parlays. But very, very rarely do I get every single piece to drop uh, to cash out and, and get myself a nice little profit. So heed my warning, but I'll, uh, I'll drum something up and I'll get that out there on the interweb for everybody to uh, tail or who knows, maybe more likely fade uh, and see if we can get some people a little extra coin in their pockets on Thursday night football. Same game parlay with Play Alberta. ETN over receiving yards. Don't care what the number is. Go over. Uh Taysom Hill anytime touchdown because he's due. Kamara over anytime rushing, or not anytime, over rushing. And take the under total for points. I don't know. That's just something I drummed up without looking at any of the odds. And just, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll pay off for you. Uh, Ranchan says, great news referring to Mahomes and Hertz. They have the same bye week. <laughs> That is really setting yourself up best. for success, Ranch. And it, <laughs> it just loops back to it was all just a, a move out of penny, pettiness to uh, rub one of his uh, league members the wrong way and uh, get some gears grinded. So uh, props to you, Ranch. And I, like Connor said, I can appreciate that level of petty. I, that's a November 14th. So that's a nice bye week for them. November 12th, November 13th. Yeah, good, good bye week for the two defending Super Bowl champions. You don't want the bye week in week four. That's what the Chargers had, and it sucked. It's way too early. Uh, Kurt from Barhead says, just traded D-Hop and Jerry Judy for Miles Sanders. Need an RB for week 11 with Bijan and JT on buys. What are the odds Sanders turns things around by then? Kurt from Barhead. Well, I mean, you didn't get rid of much if we're being totally honest D Hop and Jerry Judy are 
I mean, maybe they're sell low or buy low and they could they could produce later, but I, I don't mind you getting rid of those two guys who haven't done a whole lot. Miles Sanders turning it around by week 11. I mean, if you think that Bryce Young is going to start to figure things out and the offense gets rolling a little bit better, then I would assume that, that Sanders would be a, a nice piece there. So be optimistic. I wouldn't be too negative, too down on yourself. It could all work out. Yeah, I... I, I agree that the D-Hop and Jerry Judy are definitely in buy-low mode right now, and DeAndre Hopkins is still really good. We, we've seen it he, he, with the Titans this season, but it's it's kind of a, a victim of circumstance, much like um, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and the crew in Atlanta, that just the quarterback play of Ryan Tannehill has not been up to snuff. And so I don't know if there's been any um, confirmation or, or anything rumbling about the, the Titans maybe making a switch at quarterback, whether it be Malik Willis. Who knows? Maybe they give Will Levis a, a shot in there. Uh, they used a second-round draft pick on him this summer. But the Titans need to get things figured out pretty quickly um, because the Jags, I think they went into the season as the favorites for the division. The Colts are surprisingly frisky. And the Texans, which most people, including myself, kind of expected to be a bottom feeder, are showing some uh, some real spunk here early in the year on the back of rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and a surprisingly uh, competent defense with D'Amico Ryans running the ship. So that division, kind of from, I'm not going to say first, but worst to decent at least, and the Titans always have playoff aspirations. Mike Vrabel's a great coach, but I think they got to be looking at a switch at quarterback sooner rather than later because um, Tannehill just has not been it. So D-Hop might be the, the kind of X factor in that. If somebody else is playing quarterback, I wouldn't rule out for DeAndre Hopkins to blow up again. The Tennessee Titans are uh, stockpiling mid-round quarterbacks <laughs> with, Le- with Levi and Malik Willis and just hoping one of them pans out. It's like these, this uh, style in the NHL where you just draft a goalie every year in the second through fifth round and hope one of them works out. Uh, it seems like the Tennessee Titans are doing right now with quarterbacks. Malik Willis got into the game last weekend. Yeah. Four or five for 74 yards. That's a lot better than he did last year. And compared to Ryan Tannehill, who went eight for 16 for 76 yards. Hmm. Like QB like controversy. Tannehill just is not it. No. I, I'm sorry. There's uh, this debate that's been going on for how long now. I feel like I remember listening to the Jason Greger show when Tannehill was still in Miami about is yeah. Ryan Tannehill elite? Can he take the next step? That question has been following him for a decade. And uh, he showed flashes of it with the Titans when he first got there, kind of helped right the ship and turn things around, turn the Titans back into a playoff team. But Man, like I think that experiment is is now past. It's time to to turn the page and give one at least one or maybe even both of these two uh, two young guys a real shot here. Yeah, and I think that's going to come once they are you know statistically eliminated from playoff contention. You're going to want to see what you have. Uh, Tannehill, um, he he greatly benefited from having the best running back we've seen in maybe the last five ten years in Derrick Henry, and he he drops some dimes every once in a while, but. Yeah, I just think the time is now to move on from him. Uh, Coming up on the station today, we've got the lowdown with Low Tide getting going in about 10 minutes time here, a little bit less. Uh, They've got some fantastic guests coming up. They're going to talk to John Shipley. He is a Jacksonville Jaguars beat reporter with the Jaguar Report. Also, Charlie O'Connor, writer with Philly Sports, covers the Philadelphia Flyers, of course, setting up the Oilers and Flyers tonight. 5.30 puck drop in that one. Probably closer to 5.40 uh, when it's all said and done. Mr. Bagged Milk will be by at 1 o'clock as well. Talk about the Edmonton Oilers. 
And then on the Jason Greger Show, absolutely loaded show today. We've got Amy Trask, a former Raiders executive, right-hand woman to Al Davis. Uh, she's going to join us at 2.20, talk about her time in the NFL and uh, how things are going right now. Robin Brownlee will be by at 2.40 from Oilers Nation. Of course, we'll set up the Oilers even more. One of my favorite players of all time, Sean Merriman, is going to join us at 3.20. Uh, lights out. Uh, man, if that guy didn't have a couple bad injuries... He was uh, he was on pace for a Hall of Fame career. He was one heck of a player. Colin Livingston will be by in the Cantor Grace Report. We've got Mark Spector at 420. We'll have him on a little bit earlier because of the late or the early puck drop. And then at 5 o'clock, we'll have Laddie Schmid. Uh, you can hear him every Thursday on the Kevin Carius Show, co-hosting. So Laddie Schmid will be by at 5 o'clock. It's going to be a lot of fun on the Jason Greger Show later today. On behalf of Brandon Douglas, I'm Connor Halley. Big thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Uh, we do appreciate it, and we got to thank our guest, Matt Larkin, from Daily Faceoff. Give him a follow on Twitter, slash X, at MLarkinHockey. Tomorrow we're back at 11 a.m. talking football and hockey once again. Download the podcast. Please subscribe. We really do appreciate it. Before we get to break, we will get to a sports update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.